Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I'm so excited to have NFL Network's James Palmer join me today to preview Sunday night's matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Denver Broncos. James, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm excited to be here, Tracy. How you doing? Are you are you at the stadium right now? Is this where we're at? I am. I, I am. Just left 49ers Wednesday practice, found a little area in the Levi's 501 Club. There are lots of things going around behind me, so hopefully I'm not bothering anybody. But <laughs> yes, I'm here at the stadium and getting they're getting ready. They have a new quarterback. You may have heard 49ers have a new guy under center this week. I don't if you heard about that, but yeah, they kind of what's old is new again. Jimmy Garoppolo back after the terrible injury to Trey Lance that has him out for the season, which is just devastating for Trey. There'd been a little speculation that maybe he'd be ready for January. Kyle Shanahan said in his Wednesday press conference, he will not be back until next season. Made sure to clarify not next year, next season. So that can be put to bed, but the 49ers with the man that they know well march into Denver to take on another man that they know well but have not had an answer for in Russell Wilson. So with that intro, what are you most looking forward to seeing on Sunday, James? Well, I really, I, I'm I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. Let's just throw it out there right now. So I'm I'm just gonna say I'm I'm really <laughs> excited that you know there were some parts of watching all the games on Sunday. I actually covered the Monday night game in Philadelphia, so I actually watched games on Sunday uh, back in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie, like like seeing his reception by his teammates and the way that they acted and interacted with him uh, on the field was I, I don't know about you, but it was kind of heartwarming. I mean, it's been a really mm-hmm. awkward, interesting off season for Jimmy with all of, I mean, I was on the network um, at length with everyone talking about where he was going to go and what was going to happen. And it was like musical chairs. And there he was left without a chair. It seemed like, and people were, in my opinion, settling for quarterbacks that were not as talented as he is or win nearly as many games as Jimmy does. And so I'm excited to see him go out there from a 49ers perspective and kind of just see like, does this pick up where it left off last year with a lot of wins? And and then on the, on the Broncos side of things, there's a lot to look for because it has been an interesting <laughs> first two games um, in, in how they, that has gone. Like how do they clean up all of the issues that they've had um, in, in terms of Nathaniel Hackett and, and this coaching staff figuring out all of these penalties, all of these formational issues, all of these delay of games, all of that is the operation of everything coming together because if it's not by week three that is now cause for concern that's the that's the number one thing i'm looking for are things cleaned up and we just play football (laughs) from a broncos Mm -hmm. standpoint because that has been a huge issue through the first two games bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines find reviews and news for every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So how much confidence do you have that they can clean things up? And if you were to 
if you were on this coaching staff and you were going to go through a list of the top three things, you've of course mentioned the penalties. Four Niners in week one committed 12 penalties, lose a game. They should have won to the Bears. Mm-hmm. Week two, they commit one penalty. What a difference 11 penalties makes. That's obviously been a huge one for the Broncos, but Nathaniel Hackett has certainly had a tough couple weeks. So I'm going to go back to my original question. What would be the top three things on your list? And then I have a follow-up to that. Yeah, let's see. The top three, obviously, the interesting part with their penalties are um, they're not like hustle penalties, right? And they're not like a a tackle getting a holding call because he wants to make sure Russ doesn't get hit. They're like delay of games and, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and those type of penalties are definitely different than effort penalties. And I think mm-hmm. that that's why the concern is there. Um, I, I, that's the number one thing I want to see is if, if and they focused on it this week at length, specifically in the beginning of the week. And George Payton has gotten involved and in, in just how does the operation in the flow or are there too many people in the headset? Are they not getting it in quickly enough? I was at the game Monday night. I kind of gave them a pass because if you're a first time head coach and that's the environment you walked into in Seattle where they were booing your quarterback relentlessly from the first snap till the end of the game, which was, I knew they'd boo him. I didn't think it'd be like that for the entire game. So it was difficult, but then getting into your home game and you have the crowd counting down the play clock to try to help your team out because they're running out of time at the end of, you that know, awkward. yeah, that's, that's a little, that's a little awkward. Um, so is the, is the operation cleaner? Is it getting Russ the call cleaner and then he can make some adjustments at the line of scrimmage? That's the first thing. The second thing that I would probably look for is, are you going to run the football uh, specifically in the red zone. The red zone is the number one thing that has been their issue outside of the penalties. I mean, to have five drives where you have goal to go and you don't come away with a touchdown, five straight drives between the last two games is remarkable um, to not be able to come away. And I think you have two backs in Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams where you should be running the football down there. I know they both fumbled in week one. But the passing game inside the 10 has not been good. And that's something that has not been Russell Wilson. 49ers fans know that. He gets in the red zone uh, in his time in Seattle, and it was usually a touchdown. I think it was like 64% of the time last year. They were pretty good. So um, the penalties, the red zone, and then the last one I'm going to look at is these injuries. You know, Jerry, Judy, and, and Pat Sertan are probably the two that you, they're, they're most curious about if they're going to be able to play. They're going to be stretch throughout the week to my understanding uh they're both considered day-to-day both didn't practice wednesday but there's a chance sertan plays i'm told we'll see about judy um that's the other thing you got to look at because when you're facing the 49ers a very very good team you want your best players playing so let's talk a little bit about russell wilson because as you said last season 64 percent they get in the red zone they get a touchdown that's he's been he's been like kryptonite for the 49ers really for years i believe they were 17 and three they were 17 and three against the Seahawks and they slayed that dragon. Unfortunately, they're now going to be playing the dragon. That was really the dragon that need to be slayed. The head of the dragon, essentially the yeah. head of the dragon. We'll go with the head of the dragon. If we're going to bring in some also house of the dragon references here, <laughs> but the, they have to now slay the head of the dragon. Is he the same Russell Wilson that we've seen over the years? And I, I don't want to do like a two week overreaction, hot take situation, but I think it's a fair question. He's, he is much later in his career. He's obviously with a very different team. It is amazing when you talk about, are they going to run the ball ball in the red zone? What is it about Russell Wilson? And they should be running the ball in the red zone to win games and it's not happening. But is this the same Russ? Are they going to be able to quote less 
let Russ cook and can he cook well? Yeah, I, I think Trina, they want the, they want him to cook for sure. And they want to utilize the deep ball. I think one part we should say in these two games, they've moved the football. I mean, I, mm-hmm. they have moved the football up and down the field. The offense in terms of getting yards hasn't really been an issue. An interesting part of what you're seeing in two games and again, small sample size. But Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, same amount of rush yards this season so far. Five? That's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, that is a very uh, small yeah, that's, sample. Size. That's but there's a fun, that's a fun fact. Yeah, it's a very there, fun. that's something you don't see from, from Russ a whole lot. And I know there was a big emphasis, and I spent a lot of time with the Broncos during training camp and to, to make sure that he plays another 10 years, and that's why the extension happened. And you're curious going, well, is that why we're not seeing him run with the football as much? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think we are seeing a guy that uh, is – learning a blend of something new this is really obviously and it's it's no not speaking out of out of school at all the offense is designed all for his strengths but what they're doing is it's it's not going to happen overnight and and i've told a lot of people in denver and i've said on nfl network like i I think the people wanting a lombardi trophy to go down the you know the streets of denver this year which is kind of the way they've been thinking let's bump the brakes a little bit like i mean when hackett joined aaron Rodgers. Yes, they went 13 and three that first year, but also he didn't play the way he played in the next two years after that, where he won back to back MVPs and he has an unbelievable relationship with Hackett and he believes Hackett's a big part of that. My point was you're, you're building a whole new offense and the two have spent a ton of time together and Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson piecing this together, but it doesn't mean it's going to click right away. And also he never played in the preseason. They didn't play any starters in the preseason at all. So it was funny. I was talking to Fletcher Cox and Philly about this on Monday night after their game. And a lot of those guys didn't play. He's like, man, by week two into week three, you you, kind of got that. I didn't play in the preseason out of your system. And now we're playing real football. And so some of these teams that didn't play guys, I get it. You know, Sean McVay is big in this and his whole coaching tree is big in this. But when you're doing it with a new system, that you haven't put together with your whole offense, specifically your quarterback yet, there's going to be growing pains. So I do think they need to run the football a little bit more. You've seen some of the gadget stuff early. I I think some of that might go away uh, Mm -hmm. after these first two weeks, but you know, he's been limited in some of his guys that he can get the football to, you know, when they lost Tim Patrick early, that was their number two receiver. And that's, that was a big blow to this group. And now when we played most of that game last week without Jerry Judy, you see his mm-hmm. connection with Cortland Sutton deep, you, you know, the deep balls there. I guess my point is he's going to cook. Uh, I think we're going to see the run game become a little bit more effective too. And the other part is as they're piecing this together, like I said, they are moving the football. So, so there is some part of it that's working, and maybe it's like, eh, maybe it'll be slow progressions or maybe all of a sudden it comes together and, and we're seeing this group cook. It's, it, I do think you see the same Russell Wilson you have seen the last couple of seasons. Um, they're just finding their footing. Well, and you actually bring up an interesting point that I'm, I'm going to take it back to Trey Lance just for a second, because as you said, you have Russell Wilson, who's obviously a spectacular quarterback, one of the best in the league, been in the league a long time, coming into something new. And there are some growing pains and there's some learning curves. And I bring that up because I think one of the things with Trey Lance that people, I don't know why they weren't prepared for it. I'd always felt like it was going to be up and down. You have a, he was essentially a rookie quarterback in a system that was basically built for Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. And he was learning the system and there were going to be ups and downs. And, you know, after week one, people were like, they should bring Jimmy back, which was absolutely asinine and ridiculous but but, but it doesn't but, shock you but it doesn't shock no it does not yeah. because twitter is, is, a, is a way twitter mm-hmm. has a way with words our characters or whatever it may be <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Steph, and, you know and and 
we'd like to speculate and all the things, but I just bring that up because I think it's a good reminder to 49ers fans. And obviously now it's a bit of a moot point until next season, but even the best of the best have growing pains and learning curves when it's something new. And, and I also bring that up because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come in and win football games and he's going to play well. This is his offense. This is the Mm -hmm. offense he's been running. He's been running for five years. And like I just said, it's built around him. So that's going to happen, which is going to create all kinds of other conversation about next year and beyond. And so I just want to, put in that little caveat, it will do nothing to stop the conversation, but it will make me feel better that I at least said it out loud. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know what? I mean, as a society, we have no patience at all. Uh, as a, an American society, there is zero patience for anything. I think the NFL, it's even magnified. Like there is no yes. patience for any sort of development, whether it's how the head coach is doing. I mean, in Denver, everybody's going, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe they should move on from Nathaniel Hackett. And it's like a guy's coached two, two games in his career right. as a head coach. And, and, you know, everybody's so quick. And I, the, the reference that I use all the time is Buffalo. Like mm-hmm. you know, Denver was right down the road from his pro day at Wyoming. And they never even sent really anybody outside of the area scout. And they had the fifth pick and mm-hmm. he ends up going seven. They had no interest. And Buffalo ends up picking him and he's completing 50% of his passes his rookie year. And we've seen this jump each and every year. And where are we at now? Like, front runner for the MVP and and, and Mm -hmm. Buffalo showed patience as a coaching staff, their ownership showed patience. Um, those are the ones that really matter. I'm not saying that fans uh, are all that patient because they definitely booed uh, the Josh Allen pick. Plenty of them did. Um, But we don't show patience by any means. And and I think that's, that is kind of a bit of an issue. It was going to be growing pace for Trey Lance. Like the guy barely played his last year of college football. I mean, so that, and that's the scary part with the injury is that now he's going to miss a whole nother year. And it's going to be like, he played two games in three ish years or what? Almost four years. Like, it's, it's not a lot of games and, and that's, that's a, that's a tough blow to a guy trying to, trying to get better. And, and it's going to hurt, you know, people having patience with them. That's, that's, that's a problem uh, that we have. Nobody wants to have any, any sort of patience. And I think that's happening, you know, in week one with Trey Lance. And it's obviously happening in Denver with Nathaniel Hackett and the marriage with Russell Wilson. It was almost like the expectations were too high and they were never mm-hmm. going to live up to them anyways, <laughs> uh, which is kind of the it's funny hard. part about yeah. it. Um, but they wanted it to sing right from the get-go and a lot of times we learn from what didn't work and nobody uh, you know following the nfl as a fan wants to hear that um but it might be uh, uh i wrote this in a piece i did for nfl.com after the monday night game it might end up being a punchline in russell wilson's hall of fame speech um mm-hmm. <laughs> the way that fourth and five went down with Nathaniel Hackett and he took him off the field and kicked a 64 yard field goal. It it might end up, my point is in the grand scheme of things, like nothing, right? Like that was one game, but right now the sky's falling and and that's the way uh, the NFL works. That is definitely the way the NFL works. And right now it does feel like the sky's falling, but I was thinking about that when it happened. I thought this was, a terrible way to start week one and it's embarrassing, but who knows three years from now, the Denver Broncos could be hoisting a Super Bowl trophy two years from now. And all of a sudden it really doesn't matter. And I think back to Kyle Shanahan's first season here, 2017, the 49ers start out 0 and 9 and something. And I've talked about this recently on the podcast. 
what was so interesting about that is the locker room never felt like Owen nine because they bought in mm-hmm. and they knew what was coming and they knew what the process was going to be like and not to take trust the process. Cause that didn't really work out. Yeah, I'm, fr- hey, I'm <laughs> from Philly. Don't dog it. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to bring, I don't want to trigger. It's like a trigger. I did see James. I did see James Harden at the Monday night game. We were standing in the tunnel with each other and he had the football that Darius Slay gave him after his first of two interceptions. And he was waiting to get it signed by Slay after the game. And I kind of want to just be like, I have so many trust the process questions. I have so many Sixers questions. <laughs> I was devastated by the playoffs last year, but yeah, that, whatever. But yeah, I get but, what you're yeah, saying. So I, that was a trigger, and I apologize. That was totally on me. Yeah, can you tell <laughs> like, that? That definitely got me going. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I and I actually knew better, so mm-hmm. I do like really apologize. No, but it's okay. so, so you could see that they trusted the future. Mm-hmm. That was it. They trusted the future. They yes. bought in in Kyle Shanahan, and I think that's the important thing. That I think becomes the really important thing when you have a new head coaching staff when there are growing pains. Does everyone, do they trust them? Like mm-hmm. forget the fans and the noise and all of that, like in the building, in that locker room, do they trust what is happening? And do they, are they buying what he's selling? And if they are, then none of the rest of it really matters. And I have to say, we actually had a conference call with Nathaniel Hackett on Wednesday morning. And he sounded to me like a person who's very confident in what he's doing oh, yeah. and who's, who is very capable. And I don't really think Broncos fans have a ton to worry about yet we can talk again in week 18 or next year but yet it seems okay true and and it's funny like i was just thinking about like like talking about buying in like that's everybody i've talked to in minnesota has bought into kevin o'connell like immediately and what the group is preaching now they went out and obviously played great against the packers week two they don't play well against philly at all at all Mm -hmm. but i already had heard what you do as a new coaching staff, and then I'll get this to Denver too, is like you build that foundation of trust and that foundation of trust our process, trust what we're trying to do and, and stay with us. We know it's an everyday get better thing. The results on Sunday may not always be what we want, but we're building something in a certain direction. And I think Nate has built that with Russ because I don't think Russ pushes this off season for this massive contract extension if he didn't mm-hmm. fully believe in Nathaniel Hackett and what was happening, because I was told directly that Nate was the main portion of why he wanted that contract extension and potentially finishing his career in Denver because of Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think one game of, you know, a questionable decision at the end of the game on keeping him on the field or kicking a field goal and another game where there's a lot of procedural penalties and they're just having some issues yet they still win is going to waver that to the point that there's concern. It's just way too early. Um, and there was too much trust between the two built. They're wired very similarly in terms of, I have so much information as, as I think Hackett is a, one of the smartest guys I've been around and Russell Wilson, a guy that wants as much information as he can. This is a guy that mm-hmm. has more information than you can probably fathom. And a guy who wants more information than you can probably fathom. It's a pretty good marriage between the two. I mean, they're constantly late for meetings because they're just on a blackboard together. Nobody uses a blackboard anymore. They're on a whiteboard <laughs> no, together. I mean, yeah, no, no, nobody's, nobody's clapping, uh, you know, erasers together anymore. Um, but they're on a whiteboard forever drawing up plays and coming up with things like, so I, I think, this all ties together with, you know, there's no patience from the outside and, and, and we're all think the sky is falling. And at the same time, you're exactly right. You got to make sure your group buys into you very, very early and they will see through you very quickly players. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not genuine, you're not who you are and you're not preaching, you're not believing in something that you're preaching to the group. And I noticed that in Minnesota and I've noticed that in Denver and they both have had like, kind of like a, uh-uh and a, 
pretty good game. So like, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I do think the foundation's not cracked by any means. Now this is the way the whole year goes, different situation. Um, but we're two games in. This is too realistic so of a conversation, isn't it? Nobody wants to hear like level-headed takes. No, nobody's looking for a level-headed take. Everybody would like the takes to be as hot and as scorching as possible. Yeah. But here at the Tracy Sandler Show, we try to keep things a little bit more level-headed when we can. Like There's enough time for all of the the heat. But so I guess speaking of heat, let's see if I can kind of do a good transition here. Speaking of heat and heads of the dragon, because dragons breathe fire. And you see what I did? I brought it yeah, all back together yeah. here. The head of that dragon is now going to be facing probably one of the top front sevens in the league, a very revamp secondary for the San Francisco 49ers minus Jimmy Ward, but they've been doing just fine at the yeah. safety position the first two weeks. So how do things change to Russell Wilson? Because the, when they had the most success against him was in 2019 with a similar level of defense, they beat, beat him the one game. It came down to that disastrous field goal in the other that year. So how does he, how does he do against this front seven of the 49ers in the secondary, especially considering he may be without his two top wide receivers? Yeah, the, the front sevens is, is the key right there, right? And you want to make sure they can't pin their ears back and, and Bosa can just come at you. And, and, and I mean, he's had a great start to the season uh, mm -hmm. so far to where he just is going to just, just, you know, he's, he, he's coming after us. What do you do? You run the ball well early. to where guys can't right. be trying to get, get downfield immediately. I, I think this offensive line was a big reason why I was a little skeptic of just that they're going to go out there and just light the world on fire offensively. I think it's I think mm -hmm. it's okay. Offensive line. I don't think it's amazing. I mean, they went into week one without us not really knowing who the right tackle was going to be. I mean, that's mm -hmm. not like everything's set in stone and you have an injury at the right guard uh, with Quinn Miners who didn't practice again on, on, on uh, Wednesday. And so you've had some question marks about your center and Lloyd Cushenberry. The left side's probably a little stronger with, with uh, Garrett Bowles and, and, and Dalton Reisner. My point is you're going to have to run the ball. Well, so guys like Bosa can't just start coming at you right away, knowing that, that you're in passing situations. You have to be good on first and second down, I think, against the 49ers. Um, so you can open up your playbook a little bit on second and third down to where if it's second and short or it's third and short, then you have to have the ability of them to respect the run and respect everything else you're going to do. If you're in third and longs, against this defense, I think it's going to be a really, I think it's going to be a really long day. I think what they need is a little more production out of their tight end spot. If for some reason, Russell Wilson really likes this Eric Sobert kid, he, he uh -huh. got a touchdown last week and in all throughout camp, he, he's really had an eye for him actually. Um, and it's been kind of a fun little, little thing to keep your eye on. I, I think the other part that they can do to try to keep this defense uh, kind of well, they're number one defense, right? I mean, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep them kind of, you know, guessing a little bit is, and, and I talked to the running backs about this during training camp is maybe putting, you know, more formations in there. Now you can't use it all the time, but you have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon on there at the same time. And then you have mm -hmm. the threat of, you know, the run and Javante Williams catches the football so well, spent so much time during camp running a lot of these routes that the receivers run to give kind of that threat of just, coming at them from different spots. But I think if you're in third and long against this defense, it's, it's going to be a long day for, for, for Russell Wilson and company. And this defense is run defense has been just spectacular mm -hmm. in both weeks. I mean, really in week one, it was the penalties. It certainly wasn't the play of the defense. It for was sure. the penalty that they killed him in keeping those drives alive. So they're definitely going to have their hands fall on all sides. You mentioned the offensive line of the Broncos. 
It's interesting. The 49ers offensive line, which was much maligned in the offseason and the preseason and what's going to happen on the interior, has actually played pretty well. Uh, but the 49ers are dealing with injuries of their own. Obviously, we know about Trey Lance. Elijah Mitchell is out too much. Yep. Two months. Ty Davis Price is now out. You know, he's got a high ankle sprain. This team and high ankle sprains seems to be like a real <laughs> ankles are a thing. tough go. Ankles are a very t- last season. I think everyone had a high ankle sprain at some. Like I was afraid to go on the practice field. Because I was like, oh, my ankles, my ankles going to make it. Yeah. Um, but they're they've got injuries of their own. Eric Armstead did not practice on Wednesday. The 49ers did not seem particularly concerned about it. Obviously, on on the defensive side. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that. But it looks like they will potentially have George Kittle, Kittle back at yeah. tight end. Uh, Marlon back Mac has been activated from the practice squad. So that should solve all of their problems. You got Jordan Mason, Jeff Wilson jr. But it's interesting. These teams are both dealing with a fair amount of injuries going into week three, which is not the best place to be. But I, and I think they're dealing with them. The four hours, it's their running backs with the, Broncos, it's their wide receivers, so everyone's going to have to maybe rely a little differently than they'd originally planned. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, and, and the one thing that jumped out at me is when I was seeing that, you know, and I saw some videos of Kittle at practice today, and I'm like, oh, that's starting to look like, that's starting to look like George Kittle when he was out of yeah. practice on Wednesday. So I was like, okay. Um, not, ha- <laughs> not having Justin Simmons for the Broncos is going to be massive. Uh, mm-hmm. Missing an all-pro at safety that, you know, patrols the middle of the field. They're going to be more aggressive with this year and have him play up in the box a little bit and try to make some plays and make some game-changing plays, specifically his ability and coverage is one of the best cover safeties in football. You know, obviously he's going to have, would have had some time on Kittle. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be, I, I think, a, a distinct advantage uh, for the 49ers if, if Kittle is himself uh, and there's no mm-hmm. Justin Simmons on the other side as we're sticking with with kind of the injuries in a sense. They did get a little healthier at, at middle linebacker with Josie Jewell coming back to practice on Wednesday and Jonas Griffith, who's actually was on a conference call. Um, Kyle Shanahan was with the Denver media and was like, man, I knew that guy was really good. And now you guys, <laughs> now he's playing for you and starting for you. I had him, and now I don't. And uh, so they're a little bit more stout if Jewell comes back in the middle of the field, which helps them, uh, you know, in, in the run and, and some other things and how they operate as, as a defense. But I think the Simmons one, with a healthy George Kittle is the one that I'm really kind of staring at going this, this would be a completely probably different matchup um, between these two teams. If Justin Simmons was playing. And we have also, before we get to prediction, we have a little bit of a reunion because you have DJ Jones and K1 Williams. Williams, uh, We potentially have kind of a revenge game of sorts, potentially. I don't know. I guess we'll see, but that's going to be an interesting one. And those are two players that they miss. They love them. They They love them in Denver. Love them in Denver. What's that to like about DJ Jones though? Like as a guy. DJ Jones is like the most likable person. And, and K1 too. And I, I'm actually going to say for all you Broncos fans watching, Go watch my five fun facts with K1 Williams. He's a very fascinating guy. Really just I'll watch. I'm gonna watch. Yeah, definitely watch. It's it's so interesting. He's like just really cool. He's got all kinds of talents that you wouldn't know about, all kinds of interests. So that'll be interesting. But with that, before I let you go, I'm gonna make you give me a game prediction. I'll do the same, even though I'm so bad at sport predictions, but I'll do it anyway. But I'll make you go first. Hmm. Well, Sunday night, it's in Denver. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We know Kyle's dad's going to be there. Oh yes, I forgot. There's like so many. He's things. Definitely <laughs> going to the game, um, but I don't think really any of that plays. My, I, I no, but it's fun. I think I'm going to say twenty-eight, twenty-one, Niners. Okay. Um, 
And I do think it's tough to make this call right now because I think if Pat Sertan plays, I mean, I think everybody, just like they love seeing him against DK Metcalf, would love to see him against Debo Samuel. I mean, like he, he's one of the mo- biggest, most physical corners we have in this league. In his second year, he's already considered one of the best corners in football. I talked to Richard Sherman about him on last Thursday in Kansas City when we were both there for the Thursday night game. He was like, I'm blown away by Pat Sertan. Now, there's a decent chance of him playing. Um, if he doesn't play, he aches because uh, no him and Justin Simmons in the back end is not going to be not going to be he pretty. Was- but I do think um, I do think Bron- the Broncos clear some of their issues up. Um, okay. But I just think um, not in time, I guess, for this game is what I'll say. And I'm going to go. 24-20 San Francisco. Okay. Okay. I'm going 24-20. Though it could be, though if it's 24-20 either team, I'm going to consider it a win for myself. Because I'm just going to make this about you me. pick both teams? to. Okay. I am. I'm going to go, no, I can't. This is my show. Okay. I'm just kidding. All <laughs> right. Gonna, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to say 24-20 San Francisco. I only say that because I'm so bad at score predictions. I'm terrible. I just threw something out there. Yeah. Yeah, if, if that happens to be the score, I'll just be excited. But thank you so much for joining me today, James. This was awesome. Uh, please tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, right here in my basement. No, oh, on Twitter, at <laughs> uh, James Palmer TV. Uh, I think it's the same on Instagram. I don't know. I don't have as big of a, a deal over there, I don't think. But uh, my friendster is uh, yeah. James Palmer <laughs> TV as well. Uh, MySpace uh, is not active anymore. Um, cause I spend most of my time on the, on the, on the gram, I guess, but yeah, that, yeah, I'll be in, and just kind of, you know, on the TV, on NFL network, on NFL now quite a bit, almost every day, middle of your day. Awesome. What is it? What day? What time is it on? One, one to three Eastern one. That is the middle of the day, essentially. Yeah. Well, it's your morning or your middle, or the middle yeah, of your day. Wherever you're living. Three. Yeah, exactly. I'm in the mountain. Listen, I live in the mountain time zone where nobody even acknowledges exists. All the time, like on television, it's like, oh, catch it at eight Eastern, seven Central, and then they tell you the and then like nobody even mentions Mountain Time Zone. So, um, I get it. I actually have a hot take, a time zone hot take. Since we didn't do hot takes, I think the Central Time Zone is your best time zone. Tell me why? Because I think I live in the best one. Because. Here's okay. Here's my thing. Now, granted, I'm going to go ahead and say that the mountain time—I hadn't even considered the mountain time zone, which I guess goes to what yeah. you're saying. Thank you. But because you have, when you go, let's say you have Monday night football, like seven fifteen. What a great time! It's not too early. Mm-hmm. It's not too late. Same with your Sunday games. You start at noon. Your games are over like at three three thirty. Well, depending, you know, three three thirty, and then you go into the later games and the night game and. I just think it's the best time zone. I really do because you are just in that perfect sweet spot of not too early and not too late. Exactly. So why wouldn't you want to just be one hour closer? How about an eight o'clock start, eight fifteen Monday night football, six fifteen in the mountain time zone? Oh, that's money. My early. Oh no, what, what, what is it? Like not when you guys start college football games in, in the Pacific time zone at nine AM, that's just a skosh early. It's, oh, it's not even just a Scotia. Really. I went to Michigan, so all, every game. I know. I can't. I'm like, I knew God. that before we started, and I didn't bring it up once. I know because I actually saw, and I appreciate that because I also saw that you are from that other school, and I was like, I mean, I, I don't. Do I cancel? Do I like keep it going? <laughs> do I, I mean, honestly, if, if Michigan had lost last year, there's a chance I would have been like, oh, I'm so sorry, something yeah, came up. Happen. We need to practice. Yeah. So I. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know this has been rather cordial. I can't believe it's gone down that way. But 
I, I think, listen, if you like, <laughs> if you like central, uh, Mountain's pretty much right there with it. It's, it's, they're the okay. two in the middle where things start. My dad loves baseball. He comes out from, from the East coast and visits and he's like, Oh okay. my God, my day is not, my night's not completely toast by the end of a baseball game. This is amazing. You know what I mean? A five o'clock baseball point. game. Oh, way better than seven. That's a good point because my favorite time for a baseball game to start is 4.15. I love a 4.15 Saturday game. I'm a diehard Dodgers fan. And so mm-hmm. I like go at 4.15 and then I still have, I could do something, I could not do something, but I didn't get home at like midnight sitting so in traffic. to a five so. o'clock game. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, you've okay. made a great, a great plea for the mountain time zone. I'm going to give it some thought for the next time. Um, great job. You guys, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. We are brought to you by Fivo. And with that, enjoy week three, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.